0: Part of our fight is really getting the word out there. The treatment for lung cancer has changed. This is not a death sentence.
1: You're listening to For the Love of Health, a podcast about delivering care and creating health brought to you by Christiana Care. And now here are your hosts. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Chesney.
2: And I'm Megan McGurman. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Health, brought to you by Christiana Care.
1: Lung cancer kills more people in the United States each year than any other kind of cancer, as many as colon and rectal cancers, breast cancer, and prostate cancer combined.
2: And part of the reason for that is that the cancer is caught too late because so few people get screened for lung cancer.
1: That issue for years has been the focus of Dr. Heather Bittner-Fagan's research. She is a primary care physician and researcher here at Christiana Care.
2: Heather, thank you so much for being here today. I'm very grateful to be here. So Heather, let's start big picture. What does the lung cancer landscape look like regionally and nationally?
0: Nationally and regionally, lung cancer is the leading cancer killer. But there's good news. The mortality of lung cancer is coming down both nationally and in Delaware. This, in large part, is due to less people smoking, less people starting smoking, better treatment, and importantly, earlier detection and cancer screening, which is something fairly new.
1: What are the risk factors? Obviously, you just mentioned smoking being a pretty big one. So what else is a risk factor for lung cancer?
0: Smoking is by far the biggest risk factor for a lung cancer. At least about 80% of lung cancers can be related to smoking. Other risk factors are important too. Secondhand smoke, radon exposure, asbestos exposure, and genetics matter too. Some people, unfortunately, are born with a little bit less ability for their lungs to repair and recover from the exposures that just happen in
2: life. You mentioned the screenings, let's talk about how those work. Screening for
0: lung cancer is in a particular eligible population. We screen individuals age 50 to 80 who have a 20 pack year smoking history and who are either currently smoking or who have quit less than 15 years ago. That's considered a fairly high risk population for lung cancer those individuals who are eligible would undergo a low-dose CT scan. So a common question that I get is, well, what does that mean, low-dose? So a low-dose CT scan has about one-tenth the radiation of a regular CT scan But otherwise, it's very similar. The patient lies on a table. They're moved into a donut-type structure. And these scans can be completed in about 10 to 15 minutes.
1: Heather, you said 20-pack year. Can you explain to us what that metric is?
0: A lot of people aren't familiar with that term, pack year. It's not necessarily data that's on the tip of anybody's tongue or really easy to find in electronic medical record data or any data. So a 20-pack year history is a measurement of sort of the cumulative amount of smoking. So for instance, the easiest way to think about it, if you smoked one pack per day for 20 years, you have a 20-pack year smoking history. If you smoked two packs per day for 10 years, you have a 20-pack year smoking history.
1: What can be the benefits of getting a lung cancer screening and what can be the risks?
0: The benefits of lung cancer screening are clear. Lung cancer screening saves lives. It allows for the early detection of lung cancer when it is more treatable. The risks we already hinted at are exposure to radiation, but as I mentioned, it's one tenth of what you would see in a normal uh, CT scan. The other risks I would say are sort of the risks that we think about with any kind of screening, particularly cancer screenings. and that's false negatives, false positives, and overtreatment. So for the layperson, a false negative means that you're falsely reassured because the test looks normal or negative when in fact there's something there, which is why it's really important to emphasize that low-dose CTs should be an annual screening like mammography. It's not a one and done. The other risk is a false positive. So in the case of lung cancer screening, a little bit scarier than some other screenings, right? Because if you see something on someone's lung, the definitive way to know if that's cancer or not is gonna be a tissue biopsy. So taking a biopsy of someone's lung, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but regardless, it is an invasive moment, which is why it's really important for us to pick the right patients for screening if someone has a really high burden of illness, if they are frail and unlikely to be able to do surgical treatments or other treatments that might be associated with cancer, then they might not be a good candidate. And finally, the big risk that we talk about with patients is overtreatment. When I explain it to patients, and I do think it's really important to explain these things to patients, uh, I say, I don't have a crystal ball. I know that lung cancer is bad. I know that if we catch it early, it's more treatable. I have no way of knowing whether or not. That's the thing that's going to kill you. Certainly cancer treatment is not a benign process, so we want to, you know, give some thought to that as well.
1: What's the prognosis for someone once they have a diagnosis of lung cancer?
0: If you don't mind, I'll start with a caveat that I have often said in front of groups of people that one should not get their definitive cancer treatment advice from a family doctor. (laughs) You should get that from a group of specialists. But let me speak to you in, in broad terms about that. Lung cancer, like all cancers, prostate, pancreatic included, is not really one single cancer. In general, lung cancer is an aggressive cancer. So, A lot less like prostate and a lot more like pancreatic. With the big difference that we really have some great treatments for lung cancer. That's one of the reasons that we've seen those mortality shifts, those improvements in survival. And certainly all of those treatments are more effective when found early. And the treatments will vary depending on the type of lung cancer that someone has. It's definitely not a death sentence. And we can talk about that a little bit more if you'd like, because I think that's a really important principle.
2: Heather, as you mentioned, you're not a cancer specialist. You're a primary care provider. How did you get into this work and why is primary care so involved with cancer screenings?
0: Part of the reason that I got into this particular research is when we work in medicine, a lot of what we do is the art of medicine and a lot of it is incremental. A lot of it is responding to disease disease that's already there. This is really an opportunity that's clear cut. We have something that works, that we know people are supposed to be doing, that the insurance will pay for, and yet people aren't getting it done. So the question is, how can we come up with ways to support people to do this life-saving care? And cancer screening for me across the board in primary care has always been that opportunity. We know that when a patient is told by their primary care physician to do a cancer screening, there's like a two-fold increase in them going to do that screening. So we're really a trusted conduit to the populations and communities that we care for.
2: Heather, you touched on the importance of primary care for all cancer screenings, but today we're specifically talking about lung. Why are lung screenings so vital to that conversation?
0: As I mentioned, lung cancer is the leading cancer killer. Yet, we have horrible rates of lung cancer screening in that eligible population. Nationally, we're talking about people completing that in the single digits, around 9% of the eligible population is screening. It looks like it's a little bit higher in Delaware, but no one is going to be, you know, waving a victory flag until we get it up to the rates that we see with mammography and colorectal cancer screening, which also should, you know, (laughs) they also deserve their time and, and, you know, us rooting for them and and getting those rates up. But we
2: just cannot settle for these low rates of lung cancer screening. If you're getting your patients in for the mammography, if you're getting your patients in for colon cancer screenings, why the hesitancy for lung? There's a lot of reasons and
0: barriers to lung cancer screening, but I'm gonna simplify and put them into three buckets. Pragmatic factors, nihilism, and stigma. So pragmatic factors are that a patient needs an order from a physician So the patient needs to have a physician. They need to have a place to go. They need to have the visit to do all of that. The order needs to be placed. Then they need to go and get get in line for their low-dose CT scan. So just, you know, a a lot of the um, barriers that we see for accessing care. Lung cancer screening specifically, though, I would say faces two important uh, unique barriers. Nihilism, we already touched upon a little bit people believe that lung cancer is a death sentence. That fear prevents people from wanting to know. If you thought that there's nothing that could be done, you might not want to know. You might not want to get that low-dose CT. So part of our fight is really getting the word out there that the treatment for lung cancer has changed. This is not a death sentence. In fact, by engaging in screening, you're really doing yourself a big favor around survival. The other factor that I mentioned is stigma. We talked about a 20-year pack year history and what that means. I would say that if you smoked a pack per day for 20 years, there's a good chance that you had an interaction with the healthcare system that maybe made you feel a little bit bad. For the you know best intentions, we want our patients to stop smoking, and I talk to my patients about that. But sometimes patients look at you and like, that's not what I came in for today, and I don't want to hear it today. I'm not ready to do that today. And that tells me that I probably was a little too naggy, coming across a little bit judgmental. And it's hard. It's hard to walk that line of being clear, like, I don't want you to smoke. This is you know, bad for you. But not to be judgmental in a way that says, hey, even if you don't quit, keep coming to me because there's other stuff we need to do. Or keep coming to me and we'll continue that conversation later. So that stigma is a big deal. And one example that I give that so many healthcare providers are aware of When a patient has a cancer, often the first thing they'll tell you is, I'm not a smoker. I got this cancer, but I'm not a smoker. Because there's that feeling of blame.
1: Talk to us about your research.
0: My research is funded by the National Cancer Institute. I am uh, really privileged to be working with four healthcare systems. And we are working through primary care practices to support both the practices and the patients in shared decision-making. Shared decision-making is a conversation with a patient. Uh, It begins with education. It moves on to clarify the values and the preferences of the patient around screening, and it helps the patient understand and be aware of where they are. Do they want to screen? Do they not want to screen? Are they in the middle? And what are the key factors that are leaving them in in whichever bucket they're in. And our study really supports both the practices and the patients to have those types of conversations. And we've shown in smaller pilot studies that it increases significantly the rate of lung cancer screening. And uh, now we're doing a large-scale randomized control trial to really show that and really hopefully show causality. Hopefully, in addition, by doing it on a large scale, we'll be able to show that it works equally well in subgroups.
1: Can you tell us about kind of the ultimate metric here, which would be, is there an impact on mortality?
0: We know that lung cancer screening saves lives at the largest levels. You know, when this was originally approved in 2013, um, that's because the National Lung Screening Trial showed a 20% benefit in mortality all-cause mortality, which is interesting. And since then, multiple, multiple other large-scale trials have shown that. And we've seen the curves, the mortality curves turn in the right direction. Certainly, lung cancer screening is contributing to that. And we know that it has to do with screening, or at least we can imply the causality at the population level. Because prior to that, we saw what's known as a stage shift. We talked about the fact that lower stage cancers are more treatable. So ideally, if you're doing screening, Uh, At a population level, first, you see what looks like an increase in incidence. It's not really an increase in incidence. You're just doing more screening, so you're picking up on it more. Second, you see a stage shift. So if you look at all the cancers that have been diagnosed, you're seeing less in the late stage, stage four, and more in the stage one and two. So we've seen the bump in incidence. We've seen
2: the stage shift. And now we're seeing the curve of mortality come down. Just simply having a conversation with your primary care provider could save your life. Absolutely. So much important work happening. We're looking forward to having you back at the end of this study to talk about the success. Thank you so much.
0: You're very welcome.
2: And we'll have more information on lung cancer screening and Christiana Care's lung health and screening program in today's show notes at ChristianaCare.org/slash podcasts.
1: And there you're also gonna find quick links to subscribe to the show on a variety of podcast apps. Those are also great places to leave a review and help even more people find for the love of health.
2: And we also love connecting with all of you on social media. You can search Christiana Care on your favorite social media platform.
1: We're gonna be back in two weeks with another great episode.
2: Until then, thanks for joining us for For The the Love love of health.
1: Health.